This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Today we're talking about leadership in public schools. That's because the superintendents in three of, the, of Connecticut's biggest cities are all resigning. The issues behind each departure vary, but in at least two cities, New Haven and Bridgeport, the relationship between the superintendent and members of the respective school boards have played a part. What's the role of a superintendent? And if there's tension between the chief school district leader and the school board, how does that impact the work of principals and teachers and the outcomes for students? You can join the conversation today, 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WMPR.org. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. WMPR's education reporter, David DeRoche, is joining us this hour. Welcome back to the show, David. Good morning, Lucy. Uh, we're focusing on Bridgeport for much of the show, but can you summarize for us why the superintendents in New Haven and Hartford are also resigning? Sure. So the New Haven situation, as you mentioned, has a lot more in common in Bridge- with Bridgeport than it does with Hartford. Uh, the superintendent in Hartford, um, Beth Chavino Narvez, was hired in uh, 2014 and resigned early September, only a few days after school had started, uh, to take a job with the Department of Defense in Japan. Um, her uh, husband is from Korea, so she had, they also have a daughter, and so they figured it would be a good chance for them to, um, to explore that region where her husband is from. Um, in the situation of New Haven, it was very uh, similar to what happened in Bridgeport. There was a very um, uh, there was a, a rift within the school board um, that uh, caused the superintendent to consider his leaving early, and that's where we find ourselves today. So let's turn our attention to Bridgeport. It shares some similarities with the school districts in New Haven and Hartford. All face challenges in student achievement. Interim Superintendent Fran Rabinowitz just announced her resignation. It's not for a new job. In this situation, she's publicly said bullying from a school board member has led her to submit her resignation. Fran Rabinowitz is in studio with us. Fran, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I understand you've had a long career as an educator, an administrator. You were superintendent in Hamden. You retired in 2011. Uh, you left retirement to serve as interim superintendent of Bridgeport Public Schools. Why? I um, started my career in Bridgeport as a teacher, and I held several administrative um, roles in Bridgeport over um, 29 years. And I really wanted to go back um, to help. Um, when you have Bridgeport in your blood, you always have it in your blood. And um, I just felt that um, perhaps I could go back there. There had been some upheaval with the previous superintendent. And I thought I could come back and heal some of what had gone on and move the district forward. Let's talk about some of that backstory. So in, was it in 2011 when uh, the state appointed uh, a controversial superintendent, took away local control from the school board? I believe it was in 2011. I'm not quite sure of the year, but um, yes, there was a time when um, the state took over and um, a superintendent not um, uh, appointed by the board, by the elected board, was in Bridgeport. And then the outcome, and David, you can probably fill this in, too, for our listeners who may not be familiar with what happened in Bridgeport. Um, There were some community members that sued, and a judge ruled that the state had overstepped. Right. Um, So... The, the interesting correlations that we're finding in these in these uh, in these issues with this with the school board is that um, political issues uh, tend to turn into legal issues, and then these legal issues uh, are expensive, and schools end up picking the bill up for that. Um, to the extent that they um, that they make sense, you know, certainly they should ex- uh, these these um, uh, school board officials have the authority to do that to pursue that. 
Um, but I think what's interesting in a lot of these cases is that these school districts that are strapped for money are interested in, in um, releasing uh, their superintendents and then uh, in some cases continuing to pay, like in Garth Harry's case in, in New Haven, uh, continuing to pay his salary through June while they're also searching, hiring a search committee to continue searching for a new superintendent and also paying for a superintendent. So um, if money is a concern, which a lot of these school districts um, talk about, it seems you know, they're, this is not a concern when they're talking about school leadership. Well, I'll turn back to the interim superintendent, uh, Fran Rabinowitz. Again, you announced uh, recently that you're going to be resigning from this post. Talk about the real challenges in Bridgeport, and have there been any gains in the last few years? I believe that um, Bridgeport um, could be a model urban district. And over the two and a half years that I was there, um, I just can't talk enough about the commitment, passion of staff. And yes, there have been gains. We have shown gains in um, basic skills and literacy and in math. Our out-of-school suspensions have gone down. And um, there are challenges. The challenges of resources certainly are huge. The achievement gap is huge. We have a long way to go on that. Um, But that was not um, ever a um, challenge that would have caused me to resign. Tell us why you resigned. I resigned because for um, for two reasons, basically, and they really emanate from one reason. I um, was, I think, very severely harassed. Um, I might even use the word abused by a um, particular board member who came on the board in November of um, six, of fifteen. And um, quite uh, earnestly said that her major priority was um, to get rid of me. And so she harassed me throughout that year. Um, it's, it'll be a year in November. And um, But that was not the only reason. It was also that I saw her, in, in my estimation, bullying other board members into – Um, decisions that I didn't think were good for kids in the safety area. And so that um, said to me, and I didn't really see the um, ability of the board to stand up and say, this is not okay. Um, Board members were resigning left and right. And I felt that I needed to speak out and make a statement on this. um, And that's why I did. And when will you be leaving the postals? Um, on December 30th. Mm-hmm. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. In studio with me is interim superintendent of the Bridgeport Public Schools, Fran Rabinowitz, also WNPR's David DeRoche. We're talking about the role of superintendents and what happens when there is tension between a superintendent and a school board. How does that then trickle down into our schools, into the work that principals and teachers do, the outcomes for students? You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Again, 860-275-7266. And, and Fran, if we could ask you to explain, you know, you've been a superintendent or you've taught and you've been a superintendent in Hamden. You know, what is the role and how do you work with the board to get the job done? That's a that's a great question, Lucy. I when I was in Hamden, I had seven years as a superintendent. And um, to be honest with you, it was um, Disney World in terms of the board and my relationship. And The board chair, um, when I came in, said, your job is to run the school system. Your job is to move education forward. Um, We will support you in any way possible 
I will take care of all of the um, politics that do come up as part of a an elected official's um, job. And um, when I went to Bridgeport, one of the things I did notice um, initially and throughout was that the um, the school board many times, in my estimation, um, moved into the area that was um, the superintendent's area. For example, they um, very recently um, posted positions because they weren't happy with the people that I had in those positions. And to me, that is not the um, the obligation or responsibility of the board. It is my responsibility. And there were many things like that that occurred. Now, in the past, you had worked for the state board I did. of ed? I worked for um, – I prior to Hamden, I was um, associate commissioner at the um, State Department of Education. So I worked with the state board, which was also um, a, a wonderful relationship. And by the way, those boards were not um, the same boards all the time. People moved off the board, came on the board. So there were many changes but um, there were there was not the rancor or the arguing um, or the counting of votes to ensure that you know whatever you wanted to get done would get done. It was a um, a supportive um, body that met behind closed doors if we had um, arguments, and um, we would come out and consensus and. Uh, um, publicly. What is the role of the State Department of Ed in all of this? Again, there was prior state intervention. A, a judge said that was wrong. Um, the local control really should be between uh, the school board and the superintendent. Um, have you? Did you reach out for help, and what was the state's response? I did reach out for help. I reached out um, for help in May of 16 because, for many reasons, but, you know, also these board meetings that became very rancorous and um, and uh, somewhat, I, I would say, out of control were being um, videotaped and were all over YouTube and everything. And I felt that that was um, not an image of Bridgeport Public Schools that I wanted to promote. Bridgeport Public Schools was far more than that. So I reached out to them, asked them to come in and do training um, and to have someone come in and work with the board. I want to make it clear that I never wanted the board to be taken over by the state, but I did feel that they needed intervention in how to operate as a board. And what was the state's response to your request for help? The state's response in May was that there was um, nothing that they could do at that point. And um, I was truly devastated because I felt that I – it took an awful lot for me to reach out to have um, the state come in. Um, but after, you know, working with board members, et cetera, I, I didn't feel that I had another place to go. And so um, it was very difficult for me when they said no. And I continued the fight. Um, that was a meeting. I continued the fight um, through until all through the fall. Um, and, you know, I received phenomenal um, empathy from um, state people, and um, but I needed more than empathy. I needed intervention. Uh, WNPR's education reporter David DeRoche is here. You know, 
so often we hear about Bridgeport Public Schools and while there are people in the district that are doing good work and within the classroom they may be seeing gains, um, the, rep- the reputation that Bridgeport has in the state, in this country, especially after the, um, the recent decision uh, by the Judge Mukasher in this, the education uh, funding uh, lawsuit, is that there's a lot wrong with how the schools are funded and there aren't enough resources in Bridgeport. You look at the stats, a graduation rate over 60%. There's high teach, uh, teacher turnover. You look at reading levels for fifth graders, for high school um, um, students. I mean, we hear about all this political infighting, but what's the result when adults can't get together and collaborate? Right. I mean, that's kind of the big question, right? I mean, how is this actually affecting children? And I had a really great conversation with uh, with Dr. Rabinowitz and her teachers um, the other day. And um, one of the things I learned after you, when you talk to the teachers who have been there a very long time is that um, they really feel committed to kids. And when they see turnover at high levels, uh, either whether it's the principal or the superintendent, that it does have a ripple down effect, um, that it does affect morale and that that does actually trickle down into the classroom. Um, a lot of these uh, students are coming from unstable homes and then the school is often the only stable thing in their lives. So when they see turmoil there, sometimes that can you know be fairly traumatic and have a, a, an impact on a lot of these kids. I want to take a quick call before we go to break. Joe's been holding from South Windsor. Joe, you're on the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Can you tell your comment or question quickly, Joe? Sure. I worked in Hartford for 28 years, and I just wanted to um, toss out a couple of conversations that I had with superintendents during my time working. Uh, One uh, memory I have is sitting at a board meeting where the board in Hartford changed its mind about whom to hire for superintendent at 10 o'clock at night after already releasing reports uh, as to whom they were going to hire. And I sat next to Rick Green from the Hartford Current. As he sat there and said, they're not going to do this to me. I've already written the front page article. And I said, yeah, Rick, they're doing it right here in front of your face and showed him where there was um, a phone booth so he could call the current and tell him to stop the presses and try to change (laughs) the look of the front page. The other conversation was I called T. Josiah Haig when he was superintendent in Hartford one Sunday night during 60 Minutes because I knew he watched it from his office and it was the only way a teacher could talk to a superintendent. And I told him the pressure you're putting on people for test scores at any price is going to cause people to give you test scores at any price. There's this whole range of, of gray area of behavior that as a teacher I would call cheating, but that he was pushing people into and saying this is what we have to do politically at Hartford. And it was very hard to live with, but You've got your own kids. You've got a paycheck you've got to worry about. You live with it and do the best you can within the system that's paying three superintendents at a time because this one quit and they fired that one and they've got an interim. And I'll be quiet now. You can can take it for what it's worth. Thank you, Joe, for your comment. Fran, did you want to respond about the political process behind superintendents? I, um, I really understand what you're saying, Joe, and I want to say that one of the things that I have worked really hard on in Bridgeport is having a um, a relationship with my teachers. Now, it's hard to have a relationship with 1,500, but I certainly have reached out. I have a teacher advisory group because I do believe that teachers are important people in the process of education. They're the most important. They have the most influence. And I believe that they need to know that they are an integral part of the team. 
I do think that um, the political pieces of the board um, and some of the things that go on are very difficult. For example, I there were many agenda items that came up that I didn't think were particularly relevant, but they um, they were the priorities on the agenda so that, for instance, any of the things that I wanted to talk about, such as resources, budget, et cetera, many times would not come up at a board meeting until 10 or 11 at night. I'm glad you brought that up. We have um, asked the uh, board chair for the Bridgeport uh, School Board, Dennis Bradley, to join us. He will be doing so after the break. Uh, I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. This is where we live. We're talking about the role of superintendents in urban districts. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. We'll be right back. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're looking at superintendent turnover in urban districts, specifically news that since September, all three superintendents in Hartford, New Haven, and Bridgeport have announced they're resigning. Is this common? What role does a superintendent play, and what's the impact when there's a revolving door at the top of school leadership in a, in a district? To help us answer these questions, I'm joined in studio by WNPR's education reporter, David DeRoche, and interim superintendent of Bridgeport Public Schools, Fran Rabinowitz, who's resigning from her post in December. Joining us by phone now is Dennis Bradley. He's chairman of the Bridgeport Public School Board. Dennis, welcome to where we live. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So thanks for joining the conversation. You know, oftentimes, again, I had said this earlier that, you know, there is the perception that there's a lot of dysfunction in the city of Bridgeport within the schools as well. You chair the public school board. Your interim superintendent is resigning. Tell us what's going on down there. Well, it's it's extremely chaotic, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of our bylaws and rules as they currently stand um, enable this chaos. Um, I'm not sure exactly if we, we've touched upon some of these issues, but um, some of the things that I've seen uh, that, uh, since I've been on this board now for almost a year, a school year, um, is that um, the rules contradict one another. For example, you have one rule that states that um, the, the agenda will be set by the chairman and the superintendent, and another rule states that any member of the board can place any items, any amount of items, onto an agenda. So when things like that happen, you, it allows for a person, a single board member, to really filibuster and create chaos and disorder on a board. Uh, and when you have such you know, strong opinions dealing with children, dealing with the education of our youth, uh, it creates for a very chaotic situation. So it sounds like there's a backlog in the process. Anything that can be done? Absolutely. I think it's... Um, you know, I, these are political problems that are man-made and have man-made solutions. Um, so I, I, I strongly believe that there's things that can be done. And, and quite frankly, they need to be done. Um, you know, I've, I myself and I think everybody who serves on a school board enters uh, into this arena with the mi- mindset that we want to make sure that our, that our children get the best education possible. Um, so, yes, I think that the will is there, the political will is there to do it, and I think that there's avenues there to do it. It just requires a little bit of elbow grease to get it done. So Fran Rabinowitz is now resigning again. She was interim superintendent, I believe, for two years. You know, what has been the process in Bridgeport to find a permanent superintendent? Has there been a process? Well, there really there's been, prior to me being there, uh, there's been a breakdown in the process uh, where everyone's kind of pulling in different directions as to who the agent uh, was going to be to uh, find us a superintendent, what the process exactly was going to be to find uh, a superintendent, and simply just an adherence 
to that process. We were fortunate enough to have an interim superintendent in Fran Rabinowitz who's done an amazing job. And I've always said that the most important thing in leadership is to have people who actually follow you, right? I mean, you can have the insight of Gandhi, Jesus, and, and Muhammad, but if people don't follow that vision, then it's all for nothing. Um, and Fran really taps into the teachers and has them uh, to be genuine stakeholder in the process and in her vision. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading of the Connecticut Post, obviously, down there and on, on some of the dynamics going on in Bridgeport in the, the school district. And uh, is, this, is this correct to say that there was a boycott? There were four members of your board, including you, that wanted to boycott your regularly scheduled meetings because of this, uh, this backlog, this agenda issue where you can't get um, substantive uh, problems solved in your regular board meetings? It's a problem that has been going on for over a decade in the city of Bridgeport, uh, where if you go to these meetings, it looks like a wrestling match. You literally have people who use profanity. You, you, you literally have people who stand up and, and, and purposely become disruptive, organizing board members, organizing protests, board members taking up time during public comments to, uh, to say something uh, defamatory to other board members. And it's been chaotic, and this has been going on for over 10 years. Uh, and, um, and it was going on as, uh, now that I am the chair of Bridgeport. And I said, you know what, uh, 101 in chairmanship is to make sure that you have civility and order. Um, and we can't have board meetings that last for five and six hours. Um, and we're not talking about uh, policy. We're not talking about implementation of policy. We're not talking about changing the educational outcome of our district. Um, and if we're just going to be here arguing, then there's no point in having a, a board meeting. So we said enough is enough. Uh, we're fully supportive of our superintendent, Fran Wibinowitz. She's, she's an excellent woman who has such a, a, a vision of what our district can be. And I wasn't going to stand, and these other four members weren't going to stand and watch her be defamed and, and denigrated by a, a particular board member. We've heard that your interim superintendent, uh, Fran Rabinowitz, has asked the state for help. Uh, what do you think the state, the governor's office, should be doing to help the city of Bridgeport and their public schools? They have many avenues um, that, they, that they have at their disposal to help us out. And, and, I, and to be honest and frank, I, I've been a little discouraged by their lack of or their unwillingness to, um, to help us uh, when we've genuinely asked for their instruction. It could be something as simple as, you know, p- placing a parliamentarian or helping out board members understand the process of how, uh, what, what our mission statement should be, how we can uh, kind of direct the ship and put, put it down in an appropriate course. And it could be as aggressive as, um, you know, with the, the terrible term of school takeover. I'm not necessarily a proponent for what I call the nuclear option of having that. But listen, we're in an urban district. This is, the, this is kind of the, the stopping ground of how we're going to have uh, the equality for all members of our society. This is kind of the hallmark of what the civil rights movement currently is, is to provide a quality education to what, you know, by and large are minority students. Um, and, and I'm not going to um, take any options off the table as far as making sure that our children get a quality education in our public schools. And Dennis, um, I just real quick, we did reach out to the Connecticut Department of Ed. Um, you know, they said um, in a statement that they had offered that there'd be a way to, that the school board could get assistance from uh, the Connecticut Association of Boards of Education training the board members. Has that request ever come from you or any on the, anyone on the board? We've, I've, we've made uh, many requests and, 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 um, and asked uh, personally. I've gone up there to try to ensure that we get some sort of an assistance. But no, we have, I haven't received any notice that there's going to be any intervention or assistance from the state.
I want to take a quick call now. Uh, Karen's been calling uh, from Bridgeport. Karen, you're on the show. Yes. Hi. Um, good morning. My name is Karen Jackson, I, I, and I'm a parent at, at Bridgeport. Um, Mr. Um, Bradley and, and, and the superintendent have been working together in tandem to not have Board of Education meetings. Um, I was at the last meeting, and the superintendent told her staff not to let the, the four board members inside the school. And Mr. Bradley is a participant in that. Um, he um, agreed with all the board members to have these um, meetings. It was sent to the Secretary of State. And now he's breaking the law by not having these meetings. And he's in um, tandem with the superintendent and the, the mayor. The mayor had the police there. Um, the security guards would not let us in. The superintendent would not let any of our staff come to any board um, meeting, boycotting. Um, and Mr. Bradley refuses to to come to the meeting so we can have a quorum and get substantive um, um uh, measures done for our children. Karen, can I ask you real quick before I have Dennis respond? Uh, you know, we're hearing from the interim superintendent and the chair of the board, Dennis Bradley, that work is not getting done at the meetings. As a parent in the school in the city of Bridgeport, what do you think needs to happen to help this district move forward? We, um, the, the superintendent needs to resign and go, and Mr. Bradley needs to resign and go. They are they are impediments to our children's learning. They're impediments to our our children's safety. They don't care. They want a state takeover, and that's what's going on. That's what he's bringing on. Um, it, 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 he is, he's just started um, in, in, in Bridgeport. He has no prior history here. He, does, he's, he attended three board meetings prior to being elected. M- Maria P- Pereira, the person that he's talking about um, as that bully board member, is the one that brought him into the fold. And it, so he's not recognizing that, but he doesn't care about the, the children of Bridgeport. What, what, what he okay. cares about is running for Senate and becoming in a higher position. All right. Well, thank you, Karen, for joining the conversation. I'm going to let Dennis quickly respond before we go to break. Dennis Bradley. Yeah. So um, I, you, you made a, a very point uh, elaborating on what I've been saying. Uh, it's We're pulling back the curtains. This is a board that has not been conducting the board's business for over a decade. And it's not isolating one member, but we as a collective have a duty to implement policies, to create policies, to implement policies, and to change the educational outcome of our children. And I've challenged anyone who's listening or anyone from the city of Bridgeport to tell me what policies we've created, implemented, uh, that has changed the educational outcome of our students in Bridgeport. And if we're not doing that at meetings, then what we need to do is pull back the veil, call a spade a spade, and say, why is that not happening? And that's what we've attempted to do. And as far as my support for the superintendent, that is what we're supposed to be doing. We as a board are supposed to support our superintendent, allow that person to execute their duty. I don't believe in obstruction of policies, of politics, or vendetta politics where I'm out to uh, fire people or get rid of people or create kind of a Spanish Inquisition of, 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 of intimidating administrators. That's not the way I do politics, and it's not what I'm, I think I'm called to do as serving on this board. Well, Dennis Bradley, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, chairperson for the Bridgeport Public School Board, thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you very much. Oh, today we're talking about the role of superintendents, high turnover in urban districts. We're going to talk about solutions coming up. Uh, we're going to hear from the Connecticut Association of Public School Superintendents as well as a professor who follows the governance in school districts. If you appreciate this kind of conversation, here are my colleagues to tell you how to support where we live during our fall membership campaign. 
This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Coming up tomorrow, it's been two years since Linda Schwartz, Connecticut's Veterans Commissioner, was appointed to a high-level position in the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. On the next Where We Live, we'll sit down with Dr. Schwartz to talk about her federal role at the VA. Are you a veteran or have a family member who has served? What questions do you have about how the VA serves you or your loved ones? Join the conversation on the next Where We Live. That's tomorrow. Today, we're focusing on education, specifically how are public schools impacted when superintendents come and go? That's the case in Connecticut's three biggest cities, Bridgeport, New Haven, and Hartford. All of their superintendents have recently announced their resignations. In studio with me is one of them, interim superintendent of Bridgeport Public Schools, Fran Rabinowitz, and WMPR's education reporter, David DeRoche. Joining me now also is Joseph Sirasola, executive director of the Connecticut Association of Public Schools Superintendents and a former superintendent himself. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we've been listening to the situation in Bridgeport. It's not pretty. Is this a systemic issue in urban districts? It's a systemic issue. I think Bridgeport is probably the worst case example you can come up with. But the whole issue of the role of the superintendent is something obviously we've been paying attention to. And actually we're doing it with the Connecticut Association of Boards of Education because there is an increasingly small number of people who are interested in being superintendents. So we're doing some research on that. We've got a joint committee working. And what we're finding from the people we talk to who we normally would expect would want to be superintendents Uh, is that they are concerned about job security. I think (laughs) we've been talking about that for the last uh, half an hour. But also some of the other things that happen. The the accessibility now is 24-7. That's difficult. So our joint committee uh, is in the process of coming up with some recommendations for changes in state and local policies and also some recommendations of best practices. And we hope to get that out and get the conversation going because Bridgeport needs to be addressed specifically and by itself because, they're, they're, you know, you talked about it earlier. There needs to be some state intervention there. I'm not talking about a complete state takeover, but the state's got to do something about a fact that it's, it's almost non-functional now at the board level. Uh, and that's been caused, frankly, by one individual who's been allowed to, to bully the situation. Uh, put that aside for a minute. I think that we have 169 other school districts, and there are some issues there as well. So I think both boards and superintendents are realizing that. And we're looking at ways to address it in the policy uh, uh, arena and also in the area of practice. So we were, we were hearing from Fran Rabinowitz and Dennis Bradley, who's chair of the school board in Bridgeport, about um, how uh, the boards are able to come up with their own policy. I mean, isn't that something that should happen locally? Absolutely. And we're not talking about taking away local control at all. And we're not talking about a one-size-fits-all solution. Uh, they probably uh, they call it a, sort of a portfolio approach. Where there is a situation where there is serious dysfunctionality, the state needs to do something. Where things are going well, you can forget about it and go home. Everything is great. And you can learn from those places where things are going well so you can apply what's happening there to the places that are not going well. I think the state has that role, and I'm hoping at some point they they start doing that. Is the state's hands tied, though, because they've tried to do some type of intervention before? I mean, they went pretty far with the special master. A court said that they shouldn't have done that. Well, I think they did it under the wrong law. I think that's what the court said. I think there's, there's, if there isn't statutory provisions to do it now, you can call the legislature into session tomorrow, and you can get the statute passed. We did that to get the Sikorsky deal done. We've got a crisis in Bridgeport. 22,000 kids are being educated in a system where there's a real problem at the very top in terms of stability of leadership. And I'm not blaming Dennis Bradley because I, I've talked to him and I think he's trying to do a great job to stra- straighten it out. But he needs some help. Folks in Bridgeport need some help and the state needs to get involved. Speaking of Bridgeport, we have Maria on the line. Maria's calling from Bridgeport. You're on the show, Maria. Hello, Maria. Are you there? 
Oh, looks like she's not there. I'll take another call. Uh, Joanne's calling from Bridgeport. Joanne, you're on the show. Yes, hello. Good, good morning. Um, I would like to um, echo a lot of the things that Miss Karen Jackson said. And um, just like you said, um, your host, um, this is a this is not uh, this is a democracy, and democracy a lot of times, as we can see in the um, presidential election this year, um, is not always pretty. Okay, um, Dennis Bradley, Randall Benowitz, they need to come to the Board of Education meetings to get things done. Okay, this is not a dictatorship, as he said. There's nine board members. Okay, all of them are supposed to come to the meetings. Okay, you cannot have people locked out, sending police, because the Board of Education itself is over um, the facility. Joanne, um, Joanne, can I ask you, because we're short on time, before yes. that boycott of regular scheduled meetings, what work was being done at the school board level? The board meetings were, they, okay, if you go back and read the minutes, everybody has access to that. This is public. Uh, go back and read the minutes. There was plenty of work being done. Because um, someone wants to say someone is a bully, first of all, anybody over 17 shouldn't say that, okay? This is not, we're not in a playground. This is serious business about our Bridgeport Public mm-hmm. School students, okay, as a, a, a graduate of Bridgeport Public Schools, and also my children graduated from Bridgeport Public Schools, we take this very seriously. All right, Joanne, thank you for your call. Um, she says it's not a playground, but it certainly sounds chaotic and not a lot of work getting done there. Maria is now on the line. Maria from Bridgeport, you're on the show. Yes, um, I am an elected school board member. I believe I'm the bully that Mr. Venerowitz... This is Maria Pereira? Maria yes, Pereira. And I want to say that I was always the lead plaintiff in the illegal takeover of the Bridgeport Public Schools, which was overturned by the Connecticut Supreme Court. I'd like to address several issues. First of all, um, what people call dysfunction is what I define as democracy. We have nine board members. If all nine board members had to agree at all times, what's the point of having nine board members? You would only need one. Number two is Ms. Rabinowitz was hired for a one-year interim superintendent position. Due to political politics and backroom deals that she was involved in, she's been here for two and a half years. And under her leadership, although I will say she has strength around curriculum and instruction, our special ed department is a disaster. Our parent organization is in complete chaos. We lost $3.5 million in ECS funding and state grants, and that's under her leadership. As far as position postings, yes, we want positions posting. All three positions were interim, one since 2011, one has been an interim since 2005, and certainly the person she brought in as a retired principal um, to run special ed, clearly from the state reports we've received, is disastrous. Let's stop talking about bullying. I don't think anyone has used the term uh, bullying. And they certainly, if Fran Fran Rabinowitz did say she was bullied, she never said your name um, on this show, Maria. But but, uh, thank you for that. She did in the press release. All right, I want to let Fran Rabinowitz respond to you. Please hold for one second. Fran. I do believe I'm, I'm not going to go um, tit for tat with um, uh, Ms. Pereira around whether progress has been made or not. Um, in the area of special ed, I would ask that um, you look at the, um, at the documents and the progress that we have made. I do believe that um, when um, Ms. Pereira says the, there is democracy and her democracy is the nine board members, I, I agree 100 percent. But when that is um, portrayed as screaming and yelling back and forth and that becomes the image of our district, I don't think that that is the image we want to portray and that is not the process to get the work done. Um, frankly, um, there are 
um, always going to be um, disagreements, and I welcome those disagreements. I tell people all the time they should have people around them um, when they make a decision um, where there are differences of opinion. Then the decision that's arrived at is um, far better. However, I don't believe that the screaming and yelling and intimidation needs to take place in a democracy. Uh, before we get to our next guest, I wanted to let Joseph Sarasola respond, Executive Director of the Connecticut Association of Public School Superintendents. I wanted to talk a little about this notion of democracy. What I would suggest is anyone go to a ninth grade civics textbook and read there about how people should handle themselves who are representatives of the public. Read that and look at the uh, tapes of the Bridgeport Board of Education before they started boycotting things and so on. And then you reach your own conclusion as to whether what's go- what was going on there is democracy. I think the, the answer is going to be that that's not what the founding fathers had in mind. And David DeRoche, our education reporter. I think a big question that's being raised here is the role of school boards. Generally, I have covered school boards that rubber stamp things that come in. They don't have any kind of oversight um, which then con- uh, draws a lot of concern from parents who are wondering where how their money is being spent. And then in the case of Bridgeport, it seems to be the polar opposite. I think what happens is that uh, parents tend to rise up in cases where they don't feel like they have power and then uh, try to take as much power as they can in the case of Bridgeport that the pendulum has swung over to the other side. So I think the question that uh, school boards should be asking themselves is to what extent are we – do we need to exert oversight? How much oversight should we be doing? Because they are ultimately responsible for how the dollars are being spent. Um, but to what extent should they allow the superintendent to just do his or her job? And so that's a big question, I think. And joining us by phone now is Paul Manna. He's the Hyman Professor of Government and Department Chair at the College of William and Mary in Virginia. We welcome him onto the show because he studies education policy and politics. Paul, welcome to where we live. Thanks a lot, Lucy. Great to be with you all today. Just uh, five minutes, a fairly contentious uh, situation in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut's biggest city. Uh, We just heard from our education reporter talking about the role of school boards. How does a district move past this kind of of, of, uh, contention uh, to get the work done in school districts? Yeah, I think um, if you look at if you look broadly across the research and across the country, and I'm not an expert on the local conditions um, that you're discussing, but there are a few general patterns that are pretty clear. One is that the problems that urban school districts face are much larger than school boards or school superintendents or just the schools themselves. These are pretty deep community problems in a lot of places that have to do with local economies, job opportunities, city governance in general, um, police, community relations. So I think that's an important thing to remember because we put a lot on schools uh, to try to, you know, solve some of these issues, but really it goes beyond just the school. So that's one important contextual uh, factor to keep in mind. A second important factor, I think, is we often have this fallacy that there is a, um, there are top-down solutions to the problems that urban systems face. And often the superintendent or bringing in a new superintendent or bringing in new board members is perceived as the magic uh, bullet, right? Fire the leader, get new leaders, and that's going to fix things. Um, I do think leaders are important, and there is a lot of evidence that says they are, but, but the most effective leaders are the ones that have uh, good attention to the ground-level problems and tasks that districts need to perform in order to improve. And it's, it's attentiveness to those kinds of things, not to micromanage, but to just know what they are so that when reforms or proposals are put on the table, they are actually attentive to and make sense in light of the ground-level conditions and the tasks that face teachers and principals um, every day. So I think, I think those are two 
big important issues to keep in mind um, as, as we think about solutions and we think about how boards and superintendents should operate. I want to go back to Joseph Sarasola, again, Executive Director of the State Association of Public School Superintendents. Talk about uh, relationship building. Relationship building is the number one job of a superintendent, not only with the Board of Education, but with everybody in the community. You just list them. They're there. But what's important is then we talk. David mentioned the role of the school board. The school board needs to hold the superintendent accountable. They're not supposed to be rubber stamps of anything. They should actually be there to give guidance in terms of policy and to expect results and to put up a system so that you get those. But beyond that, when you get into the kind of, of micromanagement that happens in some cases, when you get into, again, I don't want to keep using Bridgeport as the example, but what Fran had to go through, where is the time she's going to have to build the relationships? When she, between board members, is getting emails and phone calls and all sorts of demands for, for information from one or two people, you can't do that. I mean, the board's got to just say, okay, we're, we're going to hold you responsible for outcomes. We're going to have a system for determining what those outcomes are. And then if you don't meet the expectations, we're going to do something about it, but then let you do your job. I think that's where the balance has to be. And, uh, and I have to say that I th- in most cases, I, I don't think we should throw every board of education under the bus here. I think most of them try to do it. not only try to do a good job, they do, but from time to time we need to get into a discussion of roles and responsibilities, and that's a healthy discussion. I want to go back to Fran Rabinowitz. So we just got a couple of minutes, Fran. Again, the interim uh, superintendent of Bridgeport Public Schools. You're resigning, uh, effective in December. What's the solution in Bridgeport? What I believe is I, I don't have all of the answers, and I do agree that in um, city schools there are major, major issues um, beyond that I can solve or that the board can solve. But I do believe that right now, um, in order to have Bridgeport Public Schools run better than what they are doing now in terms of the board and the superintendent, although I want to say to the extent that I can, I have separated the two. And I do believe that the school system is moving forward in spite of this. And I would not want anyone to think that we haven't. Um, And I also want to say that right now I believe that some type of state intervention is absolutely necessary. I believe this board needs training. They need um, to know how to collaborate together. And I do believe that changes are desperately needed in the bylaws. And would that training happen if the Bridgeport School Board requests that from the state? I would think it would, yes. We'll have to leave it there. We're almost out of time. Uh, Fran Rabinowitz, Interim Superintendent of Bridgeport Public Schools, thanks for joining us. And uh, here are my colleagues to remind you how to support WNPR.